Praise God. Welcome to all of our guests tonight. If you're a guest, we're so glad to have you in our service with us. If you're watching us online, thank you for joining us as well. I'll have to wait for all you ADD folks to catch up here in a minute. <laughs> Praise God. Again, to our guests, welcome. And it's, it's good to have our... Uh, we, we also welcome our bishop tonight. It's good to have him. Praise God. We give honor to Bishop and Mother Wright tonight. Praise God. A couple of the chances he had to be home, the weather interfered with him being in service. So he's on the road again coming up this week. So praise God. If you're not standing and you're able to do so, we are blessed this weekend. Now, when you have the last name right, everybody thinks they have the first right joke. And everybody, yeah, I've been holding off all weekend. I just find I got to give back a little bit. You know, I'm 43, and somebody says, you know, one of them you heard a hundred times, like it's the first time you've heard it. But I just can't pass up the opportunity with somebody else that has a name to mess with a little bit to give back. So I just, my wife always hears she married Mr. Wright. Uh, I figured the good thing about Brother Near's wife is no matter where her husband is, he's always near. Praise God. So I, I'm sorry, Brother Near. I'm sure you've heard them all, but I just, I just had to. I just, oh my Lord. It's just, some of y'all are blessed. Well, I like my lane, but you don't have to get all the corny jokes all the time. So anyway, praise God. Now that I got that out of the way, I've been holding on to that one. We have been blessed. If you weren't here last night, you need to get, uh, you need to watch or listen to the message online. If you weren't here this morning, and I know we're all over the place on Sunday morning, you need to watch or listen to the message from this morning. And I want to say, I recall every now and then through the years, my dad saying this when he was the one primarily leading services. And I don't know that it, hopefully it doesn't need to be said, but I will tell you, Brother Near and I have not communicated about this church, about anything. In fact, all of the communication about him coming was via text message. The only phone call was Friday, and that was a voicemail I left for him and didn't even get him. So I, I just want you to know that. Some of you, I believe you've heard some specific things for you from God. And I just want to head off the enemy. From trying to tell you, well, I'm sure Pastor was telling him what's going on or this and that. And so he already know We have not. So what you have heard and that has applied to you has been a word from God. Amen. And I believe that the same will happen here tonight. It's been a privilege to have Brother Near with us. And I look forward to him being able to be back with us in the future. Brother Near, come and deliver what the Lord has for us tonight. Well, let's clap for Jesus, everybody. He's the reason why we're here. Hallelujah. We worship you under the King Eternal. 
immortal, invisible unto the only wise God be all glory and honor forever and ever. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. We honor and acknowledge your presence, your grace that would meet us at the very point of our need. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It is, it is truly so very good to be here with you uh, this weekend, tonight. The first time I really got to stand next to Bishop. Man, I just... Look out now. I watched out. It's good to be here, but I watched some of you. Some of you haven't been here yet. You don't know. You looked at me and you're kind of like, who is that young man? Up to, is he part of the youth choir? Is he, how'd he sneak up there? I know, I know what you were thinking. I'm going to head it off right now. No, we are, God has just made our cross the path and we just so happen to be here. I am not part of the youth choir. I am young. But uh, I do believe God still, He's wanting to do something very special. It's kind of... Oh, you're already going to make me start preaching. I ain't even got through the introductions yet. You want me? But just knowing that I'm in a place that has a global impact, knowing that um, you just had a missionary up here 30 years plus to Africa. I'm not even 30 years old. I mean, pastors are... Bishops probably prayed more hours than uh, more hours and more time than I've been alive, folks. Do you realize that? But guess what? That's all been the foundation. It's been laid, but now God has wanted to take you further, higher, and deeper. The way's been cleared. The exits have been blocked. It's time for us to take this apostolic revival. God's promised it. It's not, it's now time. It's the appointed time. And I'm thankful to be just maybe just a little teeny part of what God is doing and will do if if the seasons and what God's been doing with the weather is any indication, I know that the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and was void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And then the Bible says and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. That is the first record of the Spirit having interaction with creation. And knowing that, God's first, the Spirit interacting with creation, the face of the water reflects so the first encounter that the Spirit had with creation. Creation reflected the Spirit. And if you see what's out there, folks, the snow's melting. The season's changing. And I feel like I've got a word from the Lord that's telling you what was is over, what will be, will be. And it's time for this church to understand what we went through wasn't because God was mad at us. What we've gone through wasn't because we've done something wrong. But God has counted you faithful. And this church is about to return, is about to see its return on its investment over the years. God, I just, we better just get to the Word because I feel something coming on right now. Amen. Do you have your Bibles? Come on, open your Bibles quick. Get there. Turn your Bibles on. Do whatever you do. Amen. But if you turn to Isaiah chapter 21 and Genesis 15 as well, once again, truly a privilege to be here. Amen. Truly a privilege. Amen. Isaiah chapter 21, and we'll read it, verse 11. When you've got it, say, I've got it. 
Amen. Oh, the writing's on the wall. Here we go. Okay, here. The Bible says, The burden of Duma, he calleth to me out of seer. Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? Preacher, pastor, how long till this night season is over? And the watchman said, the morning coming. We'll just pause there and wait a little while. The morning coming. And also the night. If you will inquire, inquire, ye return and come. He said, if you come back later, I'll tell you the same thing. That's what one translation says, put in pain. Ask me again, I'll tell you the same. But if you skip over to Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1, the Bible says, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? In other words, what else are you going to give me? All I, all, I've got everything else, I just don't have what you promised. Seeing I go childless, and this steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. Skipping down to verse 5. And he brought him forth abroad, and said, look now toward heaven. And tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Abraham, look up to the heaven. Count your stars and as great as many stars as you can see. That's how great you're going to be. But in verse 12, skipping down, And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom thou shalt serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with a great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again. For the iniquities of the Amorites is not yet full. But I want to focus in on verse 12. If I can. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. If I've ever felt a word from God for a congregation, I would say that it has to be tonight. And I feel that God is wanting to gain or give, if, if I can say that, to give a momentum for the vision that has already been established. But I'd like to preach to you what I feel, and that is momentum for the morning. We know that morning's coming. But I want to be ready when it gets here. I don't want to be caught unaware, unready, not ready for what He has in store. We know that the morning's coming. But I, I believe that God is ready to position and make ready. And, oh, goodness. 
So if you would, I want you to just lift your hands up in the air and I want you to pray that God would get, allow you to gain a understanding and revelation for what God has already prophesied in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus and the authority of the Word of God and the power that is in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, submitting myself to you and the delegated authority that is in this house, I take authority over every opposing spirit and and work of darkness that is given by the hand of the wicked one. I pray let a revelation and understanding flow throughout this house, God. I pray let there come traction and momentum and understanding, God, for what you have already prophesied. I pray give me a tongue of the learned, O Lord, to speak a word in due season. And we pray it all right now in the name of Jesus. And everybody said in Jesus' name. If you clap your hands to Jesus one more time, you may be seated. Amen. That's always fun to see. People clapping their hands, trying to see it at the same time. Amen. Amen. If I do say something funny, it's all right to laugh. Or what? It's all right to laugh if I say something that I think's funny. Because my pastor and as a, probably you guys, because I've, I've heard a little ministry from from uh, your your bishop, your pastors, and my pastors always employed a tactic called tickle tickle stab. <laughs> tickle tickle, and you laid wide open. <laughs> you wide, and all of a sudden a stab to the heart. Amen. Amen. So if I make you laugh, just let it loose and God's just going to deal with the heart. Amen. 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 But what I feel in this house, it's what I've been feeling for a little while. It was, I believe, the beginning or December 2013. In a season of prayer, God began to speak to me and told me that 2014, even until now, will be a season where He is taking His body and positioning it, positioning it in a place where it can receive prophetic fulfillment. Literally, He would take His body from where it was and where it's been and position it in a place made ready for what will be. And the vision that God gave me was Christ on Calvary. With him standing there, all of a sudden a Joseph of Arimathea would come and a Nicodemus would come together and make a connection that would take the body of Christ. Say, that's you. Say, that's me. The body of Christ. But Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus would come together and they would take that body, carrying the weight of it, and they would carry it and position it in a place called the grave. And in that grave would lay him there, that body of Christ where he would receive prophetic fulfillment, receive resurrection power. And I believe that this is what these last, this last year and even this last season has been. He has been, you've had the prophet, you don't need me to come and prophesy to you. You've had prophecies just like they had quail in the wilderness coming out there. No, you've got the prophecy. So I don't feel the need to come and prophesy to you. But what I felt that God positioning the body in a place where it could receive resurrection 
and power, the prophetic fulfillment that have been spoken over the years. I feel that's what God has been doing. We've been moving through circumstances and situations. God has been using all of it and putting us in a position where we can receive that resurrection power. And I mean, when he told me that, I was shouting happy. I was about to run through walls when he told me, my God, you're going you, you're going to you let me be a part of positioning the body of Christ in a place where it can receive resurrection power? I was, wow, wow, wow. But I, what I did not understand that when that body would be in position, like the body of Christ laid in the grave, what I did not know, what I did not understand was that when He laid in position and postured for prophetic fulfillment, when the stone would be rolled in front of the grave, all of a sudden that season would contain darkness. That season would contain confusion and disciples that were disoriented. In that season, there would be a loneliness that the body of Christ would experience detached from the fellowship and connections that it had had for the last three and a half years in that place, in that position, just like we have known and we have felt this last season, this last year. The stone been rolled in front of the grave and we'd face things that we've never faced. We've been through things things we've never known we've asked questions that we did not have answered for but I'm telling this church uh, the stone is about to be rolled away uh, and God is about to do what he said that he would Because this next year and this next season, God said it's going to be a season and a year of infallible proofs where he's going to show himself a lot. I know it's been dark. I know it's been lonely. I know there's been questions that you have not understood. Why? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But what I've come to tell this church is the morning coming. I think I will prophesy. The morning coming. You don't know what's on the horizon, but I can see a, a little sun about to peek up. Oh. I know things didn't make sense this last season, but you better get ready because that sun's about to peek over the horizon and make everything. Oh. But what I've also noticed... As the body has been in position, in place, postured, what I've also noticed that we have asked the question as they asked about with the prophet Isaiah in chapter 21. We've taken a posture in the dark, in the night season, and we've said, Watchman, watchman, that man that stood on the wall that would look to the horizon had a clear view of what not watch of the night it was. Could look on the horizon and he could most likely tell you how close the morning was and how much night was left to endure. They said, oh preacher, pastor, watchman, what of the night? Watchmen, what of the night? In other words, how long do I have to hold on and stay put until things make sense? 
Watchmen, what of the night? In other words, how much longer do we have to wait until everything works out? How much longer do we have to wait until morning gets here? How am I taking a posture of waiting for the morning to come? But I'm here to tell somebody, he said the morning's coming. It's on the way. But why they took that posture and question was being asked. Preacher, how much longer till my kids come home? You've got the prophecy. You've got all the words spoken over you. But you've sat back and you said, well, how long till it happens? How long do I have to sit here in confusion and loneliness with questions? How long until that morning comes? How much is left of the night? And we sit waiting for the morning. But he says something that gets my attention. He said, the morning cometh. Oh yeah, they're coming home. Oh yes, there's miracles. Oh yes, there's healing. Oh yes, but the morning cometh. But he says, also the night. What I believe that he was trying to relate to them. He said, come back later. I'll tell you the same thing. Because he was relaying, I believe, a principle. That the morning is coming. But if you just wait for the morning, you're not going to get the most out of it. But if you wait till the morning, there will always be another night. There will always be another storm. There will always be another reason for you not to do what God's asking you to do in faith. There will always be another night. So what you need to do is don't wait for morning to get here, but take a step of faith in the night. Because if you can learn to move in the dark when morning gets here, you've already got... Oh, somebody you need to understand. Don't wait for things to get better before you make up your mind. Don't wait for things to get better before you believe in faith. What God said He would... Because we know that the morning's coming. But I do not want this morning to catch the church unaware. Not ready to receive. Because even the preacher, David's son Solomon in Ecclesiastes, he makes us aware of the, the seasons, the cycles, and the circuits of God. He says, as a preacher's son, or the preacher he calls himself, he says that one generation passes away, and another cometh. But the earth remains. In other words, he said, people are going to come and people are going to go. But the precedents that were set in creation, the seasons and the cycles that God had ordained from the beginning, they're still in place and they're not going anywhere. So if you can learn to surrender to the season that you're in, gaining the value, gaining the understanding of why God placed it there. He says to them, Watch now. He says to them, reiterating the fact, he said the sun rises and the sun sets and it goes back, it races to the place where it rose. And he paints the picture that there will always be another night season. There will always be another storm. But if you can understand the season and surrender to it, you can begin to catch the cycle in the circuit of the night the day and gain the momentum for the morning. Because he also goes on to say, he said, the south wind, it bloweth south. 
but then turneth north and then comes around in circuits continually. In other words, he said, the south wind is going to blow south, but it runs on circuits. It's established by a season. He said, that south wind's going to go south, and but it's going to turn north. What he was saying was, don't fight the south wind. Because guess what? If you can learn to surrender to your season and your south wind, the south wind can only go south for so long. I'm telling somebody, things can only go south for so long before it starts turning north. But don't fight it and wait till the north wind gets here. But learn to surrender and let it go down till it turns. Because if you can surrender to what God's doing right now, telling you because watch now if you fight the south wind I don't know what God's doing but that south wind and you surrender to what God's doing things can only go south for so long and if you can surrender to it and catch the momentum of a south wind when that thing starts turning north my God you're going to have a momentum and you're going oh, and there's going to come another night season there's going to come another south wind but by the time you get to a north wind you've got the momentum that will take you through another valley it'll take you through another night season I'm telling you, I don't care what kind of situation it is. It can only go south for so long. But if you... Oh, there's a purpose. There's a reason. Because I know you're waiting, on, you're waiting on the new day. You're waiting on the morning. But there's another precedent that God set in creation. He said something like this in Genesis. And the evening and the morning was the first day. The evening and the morning are the second day. The evening and the morning are the third, fourth, fifth, sixth day. Listen to me. God said it in the precedent of creation that the evening is the beginning of the day. While you're waiting on the sun to peek over the horizon, things to get better, before you make up in your mind, you're going to walk to this altar and dedicate everything that you have and everything that you are. You're waiting for the sun to peak of a new morning for a new day. But guess what, church? You're already in your new day. The night season told you so. This is already a new day for this church. In the night season said, the evening and the morning... But it's what you do in the evening that's going to give you momentum for the morning. I know this season's changing. But it's not changed yet. We know we can feel it in the atmosphere. There's a season change. We're coming out of what once was. And we're about to step into what will be. But like I said, we're in that transition place. Like Galatians 4 says about the sons and the servants. The sons and the servants, they differeth nothing. Why that, sir, why that son is a child, immature and not ready, but is placed under tutors and governors until the appointed time. A son and a servant differeth nothing, though, they, though he be Lord of all. It's already his. The prophecies are already yours. But until the appointed time, we're placed under tutors and governors. And like I said last night, that transition is one of the tutors that God places over you to see if you're ready for the appointed. Let's lift our hands right now in the name of Jesus. Father, let revelation flow, understanding come in the name of Jesus. 
Jesus name. Jesus name. No doubt a new season is coming. No doubt we are on the verge of something coming out of what was and stepping into what will be. It's a transition place, no doubt. But we are already in a new day. But it's what we do in the night season that God is going to reveal in the morning. It was God that put Adam in a deep sleep. And in that deep sleep, that night season, God reached into Adam and pulled out of him what he would use to construct a bride. And it is what happened, what God did in the night that God revealed in the morning. Watch now. But how do we get the momentum, the traction underneath the vision that has now been shared by our pastor David Wright? How do we now get the traction underneath the vision, the momentum for the morning and the things that God has already prophesied through men that have come by and come through? How do we get the momentum? It's here's how. You've got to understand the value of the night. Because my Bible says in Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 3 that God said, Behold, I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. There's some things that God hides in the dark. There's some value, some precious value that is hidden in the dark. That He said, I will give you the treasures of darkness. So it is to understand the value of our night season. It's to gain the momentum for the morning that God has established from creation. What do you mean treasures of darkness? Well, uh, let me let me say it like this. God goes on to say in this in verse 7, he goes on to say that I uh, watch now verse 7. Here we go. I, I I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I the Lord do these things. Now, I'm I'm not the smartest guy in this room probably. But I thought the devil made darkness. Y'all quiet. I ain't nervous. But I thought the devil made darkness. But God said, no, give me why I made that. That's mine. I'm going to use it. The devil's hijacked it and tried to use it for his dirty deeds. But But he said, I create the darkness. I made that. That's mine. But my people need to understand the value of the night season. The treasure and the hidden riches in secret place. I, the Lord, do these things. What do you mean? Ask the wise men. The wise men knew about the value and the treasures of darkness in the night season because they came looking for their Jesus. They came looking for the answer to their prayers. They came looking for the fulfillment of the prophecies that have been spoken in times past. They came looking for the Messiah. And they found, they came to Herod's temple. They said, where's he at? We know he's here somewhere because we've seen his star." They say, well, he ain't here. I'm sorry, but when you find him, let me know. So they keep moving. The wise men kept moving. And for two years, they followed a star until it it stood over where the young child was. Two years following a star. You know what that tells me? Two years to get to the place of prophetic fulfillment. Two years to get to a place where they see what God said that He would do. Two years they followed a star. That tells me that for two years they had to learn to move in the dark. 
they may have been blind to what was going on down here. They may not understood everything that was going on down, but they had their eye on a star and they learned to move. So when they're more, I'm telling somebody, if you're waiting for morning to make your move, you might miss your Messiah. But if you can make your move, when this doesn't make sense, but I've got a word, I've got a prophecy. Come on, they weren't saying, watchmen, what of the night? How much longer do we have to sit here until it's morning so we can move? No, they said, just give me a few more seconds in my season. Give me a few more seconds where I am right now. Give me a few more steps. Because every step I take in the dark, I'm getting one step closer to prophetic... You might trip, you might stumble, you might fall. But you've got to get the momentum for the Messiah that's waiting. They were waiting for things to get better. They were waiting for goosebumps to show up. They were waiting for a better preacher. They were living off the words that they'd already got. They were waiting for some, some just to blow their minds and entertain them real good. But they were what they just we got a word from way back when, and we're going here we go. And they said, just give me a few more seconds in my season. Because every step that I take, Antioch, listen to me. Every step that you take in this season before it changes, it's going to be like those sprint minutes. They roll over. Every step of faith you take in the dark, God's going to roll it over into a momentum. And you're, you're going to get the most out of your morning if you can learn to move in your now. That's why you got to learn to move in the dark. But watch now, the wise men, what they what the wise men bring to the table, they brought gifts. Gifts of frank gold, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All gifts that wise men brought from afar. They gave gifts to the body of Christ or Christ. The gifts that were brought in the dark were to help acclimate him for who he would be. And it's the things, the treasures they brought and opened their treasures. Here's the treasures of darkness. The things that God gives to you in the dark. Gold for a king. Frankincense for a high priest. Myrrh for a dying savior. All gifts to acclimate him, climatize him, and condition him for who he would be and what he would do. And that's what God has been doing with the body of Christ in the dark. He's been presenting you with treasures and opportunities to acclimate you, climatize you, to be what God's called you and created you to be. You need to thank God and lift your hands and receive that right now. Somebody just say thank you. I didn't understand it. I didn't know why, but I thank you. You are making me ready. You are finding a strength in me that I did not know was there.
Now, one of those gifts we, we mentioned is myrrh. Myrrh. And Bishop could tell you even probably better than I could, but myrrh. Myrrh was what they would embalm dead bodies with. Myrrh was the smell of death. It's what they would use. If you smelled myrrh in those days, you've smelled death. It represented suffering. It represented death. And that was a gift that one of the wise men brought to this body. And they took the myrrh, that myrrh, and I can see Mary rubbing it in every night before they lay that baby Jesus to bed. Myrrh rubbing it. Get used to this, honey. This is what you were born for. This is what you were called for. That suffering getting all rubbed in there. Get used to it. Because you're called for something beyond this world. You're called for something that you, nobody else could do. This is you, baby, right here. That's why he sat in that house that one day and that one, that one lady showed up and she broke that alabaster box, precious ointment, spiked her and all that stuff. All of a sudden she starts rubbing it in. He goes, huh? she anoints me for my burial. In other words, the treasures of darkness, the things that were given in the dark were making him ready because he couldn't have just got there at the day of burial ready to carry a cross if he was not mentally prepared and ready spiritually, climatized, acclimated through the night season and the treasures of darkness that God allowed him to have. He said, she anoints me. I know this smell. I was born for this. I was created for this. Now I'm ready. You need to thank God for this last season. Mama, there's been, there's been that, that myrrh rubbed in. Why me? What, am I, what did I do? No, I bind that voice of accusation. You didn't do something wrong. No, but God found you faithful like a palm tree. He knew you would bend under the pressure but not break. And He knew after the storm, after the night season, you'd yield your branches faithful and become a refuge like you've never been. There's a strength in you you didn't know was there. But it took the night season, it took the myrrh to acclimate, climatize, and make you ready. I'm not even going to get through half of this. We're just going to have to pray right now. Come on, I smell the myrrh. I smell the myrrh of your night season. I smell the myrrh of your night season. But you are ready. It's your appointed time. He brought you through your suffering. He brought you through your pain. He brought you through your loneliness to climatize you and make you strong enough to be able to handle the weight of responsibility of a world He's called you to reach. You didn't understand? My God. My God, go ahead and lift those branches to heaven. Come on, Tamar, lift those branches to heaven. We're going to come under the refuge. We're going to come under the refuge.
Come on, let's not play church. Let's understand there was a reason why I went through what I went through. In Genesis chapter 15, we find Abram, a man of God that has a prophecy that his children will be numerous as the dust of the earth and the sands of the sea. That's all well and good until you're 8 to 25 years down the road. You've got a promise, but no provision. God comes to Abram after Abram had been faithful, but had become faithless. Because it is possible possible. To be faithful, but become faithless. And that's when fear sets in. That's why God had to come in. He said, fear not. Abram, if you don't get anything else, I'm good. I'm telling you, those of you that have been faithful, it is quite possible that with every step of faith you take, you're pouring out. And pouring out of your faith in the night season. So you can be faithful, but faithless. And that's where fear creeps in. And you say, maybe God, maybe it is my time to go. Maybe it is my time. Maybe, maybe God's not going to save my kids. Maybe God's not going to use me like He said that He Maybe it's not me, the man in charge. Maybe it's not. Fear crept in. And, but God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, fear not. Abraham was trying to figure out how God was going to do what he said that he would, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. He said, God, how are you going to do it? He was getting old. He didn't have enough strength left, he thought. But then God comes to Abraham and said, let me show you something, Abraham. Can I use you as Abraham? Can you stand up? I want, I'm sorry. I just People probably don't do this, but I just feel it in the Holy Ghost. You're, he's not old. He's an elder. I mean, I mean, but he takes Abram and said, Abram, come out here. I'm going to show you something. Takes him outside the tent where there is no limitation to the sky. He says, Abraham, I think you, you may think you don't got that much left in you. Abram, let me show you something. He said, I want you to look toward heaven and count the stars. Notice he said, if you can. That means you're going to have to take your socks off, your shoes off. You're going to need everything you can. That's how I count. But then he says, count the stars if you can. And that's a good prophecy. That's a good word from God. God's saying, count the stars, as many stars as you can count. That's how great you're going to be. But there's a problem in the transition of Scripture and how it's read. He said, it takes them outside, count stars, the greatest stars you can count. That's as great as you're going to be. But if you go down six verses, the Bible then says, And then the sun began to go down. You know what that tells me? God took Abram outside during the day. And once again, I'm not the smartest man here. But one thing I know, you can't count stars during the day. There is value in your night season. 
Because what God was saying to Abram, just because you can't see it, doesn't mean that they're not there. Just because you can't see your kids coming home, doesn't mean that they're not on the way. Just because you can't see the finances for the next bill, doesn't mean that he's not established it from the foundation. It's already written in heaven. It's already established. You just need a night season so you can count your stock. My God, just because you can't see what God said doesn't mean that he hasn't already written it in the heaven and it's already established. But this church, listen, this church, you've got a special duty. Abraham was called to count stars, but don't get caught up counting stars because you've been called to count the constellation. Let that sink in. Let that, you not just count count stars. You're not just count saints. You're going to count congregations. You're going to count cities. You're going to count counties. You're going to count. Somebody, you need to throw your hands up in the air and say, thank God for a night season and begin to count your star. Come on, I see it. One, two, three, 17, 29, 35, 172, Come on, when the lights go out, your faith ought to light up. When the light goes out, my God, you should have been, hey, there it is. Oh, God. Oh, God. I know you're in the night season because of the doctor's report, but you need to look up. Count your stars. Your miracle's already written. Come on, come on, come on. Hitaramo Sataha. You know what your night season's telling you? It's telling you, hey, I know you feel like you don't got much strength. I know you've been faithless for a time, but there's more in you than you realize. And God's not done with you. Come on, look up. Look up. Let God blind you to everything that surrounds you. Let Him blind you to your own perception. And let Him show you.
Now listen, God, he did one more thing in the dark with Abram. Notice not only did the sun set in that horror of great darkness. The Bible says that a deep sleep came on Abraham. A deep sleep came on Abraham in the dark. That's not a spiritual slumber. That's a season of rest. But it's also referring a deep sleep back to creation with Adam. The same deep sleep that was on Adam when God reached into Adam and pulled something out of him that he would use to construct and build a bride. The same thing came on Abraham. That deep sleep where God would reach inside in this season of rest. He would reach inside and pull something out of him that he would use to construct and build a bride. You want to know what God's been doing with you? I know it's been a winter season. A night season. Seemingly like some things had died down that we used to do. But God's just been reaching in. Saying there's more in you than you realize. Reaching inside saying, boy. I'm going to get something out of you. You didn't know was there. And I'm going to use what I get out of the dark out of you. I'm going to use it to build and construct my bride. He's saying to you, there's more in you than you realize. He's been reaching into your situation. He's been reaching into your confusion. He's been reaching into your loneliness and the relationships that have gone south. He's been reaching on the inside of a body that's been broken. He's been reaching on the inside saying, I'm going to get something out of you that I'm going to use for the morning. Jesus. Come on, I feel God reaching down right now. Reaching into a night season of Antioch. Reaching down into a season that was seemingly of slumber. God's been reaching down saying, there's something in you. There's a strength in you you didn't know was there. There's a faith in you you didn't know was there. There's some reserves that you need for the morning that I'm going to get out of you. Jesus. How many are ready? How many are ready to be in position? About a year and a half ago when this whole season thing started, I didn't realize God was showing me and making me ready and acclimating me for what I was going to go through because last year was very confusing, lonely and dark. Didn't know I was going to go through what I went through. I haven't been through maybe what you've been through, but I went through my season. 
But at the beginning of it, my wife is from Colorado in Colorado Springs area. And out there, we're from Iowa and we travel out to Colorado Springs. And I've got a nephew out there. His name's Ezekiel. He's the same age as my son, but at the time he was about three and a half. And one day he kind of he kind of he kind of stands at a distance towards me. He kind of he doesn't have a father in his life, so he doesn't fully understand the love of a father. And he he kind of just don't know about me because he's watched me take my son by by the hand when he's done something wrong, take him by the hand and go and expound the word more perfectly unto him. Lead him into the other room and close the door, and all of a sudden Ezekiel hears crying. So, just to sum it up, he's. He's a, I'm a spanking parent. He's a timeout kind of kid. So he doesn't know about me. My son even grabbed a hold of his Papa Joe. What do they call you? Dada. I love it. But they got, my, 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 my son got a hold of my uh, Papa Joe. Grabbed a hold of Papa Joe and said, Daddy, or Papa Joe, Daddy spanks because he loves me. He had an understanding that I'm not out to harm him. And he understands the love of a father. But Ezekiel, he don't have the love of a father. He doesn't know that kind of discipline, that kind of love that comes in chastisement. He doesn't understand. So he kind of stands at an arm's length and kind of gives me the stink eye. He doesn't know if I really love him or if I really trust him. He's Quite frankly, he's kind of afraid of me. But one day, he, Papa Joe took him out and got him a brand new pair of shoes. But there was those kind that lit up. It was his first pair of light up shoes. And he was so excited, so ecstatic. Just like when we get a word from God. My, we're ready to charge hell with a water pistol. We're so just in beyond fear, beyond apprehension. So when he got his brand new light up shoes, this is exactly what he did. He ran up to me, Pastor, just like this. Beyond all fear, beyond all apprehension. He runs up to me and said. looked at me and said, what do you think about that? Beyond fear, beyond... He, he wasn't afraid of me because of the gift that he'd just been given. He ran, he literally just come and he just... He thought he really had one on me. But I did what a father would do. I grabbed him by the hand. And I began to lead him off in the other room. all of a sudden when I began to take him by the hand and began to lead him as a father that I was all of a sudden his first instinct where are we going did I do something wrong where are you taking me and I began to lead him into the darkest room of the house no windows no fear he didn't want to go. He didn't know what was in store. But I got him behind those closed doors. He thought he did something wrong. Just like when God starts to lead some of you, He wants to take you by the hand and take you somewhere you've never been. But when He starts to lead you, you say, Did I do something wrong? Why? Where are you leading we got in that, that dark room and I closed the door and there was no light he began to squeeze my hand Uncle Ryan, Uncle Ryan why are we here? fear 
But when I got him exactly where I wanted him, with all his fear and his apprehension, God, why are we here? Why are we facing what we're facing? But God's just been leading you by the hand. And he's now got you in position. And I told little Ezekiel as he began to squeeze my hand. I said, Ezekiel, now stomp your foot. And that little three-year-old boy, he gained an understanding that you need to gain an understanding of tonight. When he stomped that foot, I'm telling you, that whole room lit up. And once he saw what he had a hold of, he went to dancing, realizing the Father's not out to hurt me, but he wanted me to see. the father has been leading you in spite of a night season he has been leading you and guess what Antioch he's closed some doors to get you in position he's kept you from some things and kept you from some relationships he's shut the doors on some things but sister right Pastor right, God's got you right where He wants you in spite of the dark. But here's the word for all of Antioch, not just Arnold, but all. Now, stomp your foot. No, you didn't hear me. Now, stomp your foot. You want momentum for the morning. You've got to learn to dance in the dark. Trust Him in the dark. Let Him love you in the dark. Somebody come out of your pew and why don't you stomp your foot? I may not be where I want to be, but God's got me where He needs me to be. Go ahead, Sister Wright. Stop that foot. Come on, you see it, ladies? Come on, Pastor. Stop them. Come on. Come out of your seat. Why don't you make a move in your night season? Why don't you take a step in the dark? Because your morning... Is on the way. Come on, young man. You may not be behind a pulpit right now. But if you'll make a move now, when your moment gets here, when your moment gets here, Come on, bring your families. Bring your children. Bring your... Come on, Abram. Come on, Abram. You've got a few more steps in you. Come on, Abram. 
Come on, let your dance. Let your dance light up somebody else's dark. on the way but can you dance into position can you worship God trust him on the way
Where to from here, Lord? When Ezekiel, after he stomped his foot and he realized what he really had, when he understood the love of a father, he burst through that closed door. He went and found his Papa Joe. He said, you got to see what I've seen. And he took him into the same dark. He went and grabbed Grandma and said, you don't know what I know and you don't know like I know what he's done. And he began to bring others and show them what he had seen. So I commission you from this day forward. The morning coming. But while this season lasts, I want you to go find somebody. Say, I've got to show you what God showed me. And you're going to bring them back here and you're going to watch them receive the Holy Ghost. You're going to watch them receive miracles. You're going to watch them receive the revelation of who God is and what God's done. In, what's, that Bible, what's that Bible study you? Bible. What's that again? Say it one more time. Into His marvelous. Go find them. You gotta show, you gotta see what I've seen. Jesus' name, thank you.